Handmaid's Tale, get this behind us so it's done. <laughs> Although, love the show. Love the show. Uh, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, I'm Robin. I, mean, I think these... Oh, I'm Stephanie. Yeah, I think these episodes were better. Mm-hmm. I think it maybe it was just like some middle episodes were kind of eh. Uh, oh, I did want to mention right at the top stuff, uh, May the Force be with you. Um, so... Uh, what, you didn't, what does that that's what mean? Janine says to Alfred. <laughs> she says, "Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I just figured it would be better than uh, you know, blessed be the fruit, which is always a gross thing to say." <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, uh, we are talking about the last four episodes of season two and of Handmaid's Tale: uh, the Last Ceremony, Holly, Postpartum, and the Word. Um, so let's get right into it. Okay, so we have uh, the last ceremony. It's the first one. It starts with a voiceover from Emily, and she talks about leaving her body during the ceremony. And we see uh, what she has to go through with this uh, Commander Roy, who is just this old, gross man who just ugh, like the slow motion of him doing his thing, and also the just the. Uh, face that he's just uh, it disgusts me so much, and um, which and I'm happy as hell when he has a heart attack and falls on the floor. Yeah, I wonder if they consult, uh, you know, if they look up any, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Any accounts of rape survivors? To, you know, I'm sure that. This like disassociation that they do, mm-hmm. where they're just like I'm anywhere but here. Yeah, my mind is on a beach in <laughs> Hawaii, or you know, like yeah. Any if you have here. to go through anything, sort of. I mean, I've never had a child. I'm ass- I'm assuming that's something you do when you're having a child, and like in the midst of it, like you know. I get, oh no, I know I when she was so in yeah. when she was having the kid. You know, I was so drunk. I didn't know when you got the epidural. I thought it just like numbed you, but no, like you feel good. You feel uh, <laughs> there's this uh, euphoric feeling that you get from the drugs. Nice. And but I know when she was sewing me up, she was explaining what she was doing. I was like la 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 la. I don't need to hear that. I do not want to know that. Tell me after spoilers. Um, yes. So <laughs> Commander Roy collapses on the ground. Uh, the, her, his gross wife is like screaming for help. And- oh, the- and she's just like, yeah, whatever. I I can't. And yeah, and Emily says it'll increase the chances if I lay flat. Like she's <laughs> so uh, not emotionally there at all. Right. She doesn't care. And so when the wife goes out to call the ambulance, Emily kicks him 
and then like stomps on him. Stomps him right in the crotch. I was like, yeah. yeah. All right, so um, I th- I think you'll like this. Uh, our next scene, we go to uh, uh, Gilead's Bughead, um, which are Isaac and Eden. Um, and uh, the reason I think of this is because of Isaac's snow hat. I mean, they really look like Betty and Jughead standing around in the snow there. Um, I'm, I was waiting for you just like to be so excited about this um, reference, but I don't know what in the hell you're talking. Do you know what a bughead about? is? You know, that's the shipper name for Betty and Jughead. Oh, on Rivertown. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, All right. I don't care about Betty. I was getting. I love me some Jughead, but I don't care who he's with. Well, you lost respect for her when she danced as a teenager in front of a bunch of bikers. Yeah, that was really gross. That was breaking point for you. You're you're totally a Veronica fan after that. Or no? I don't care. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> all right. So it's just a dumb show. <laughs> I just love Jughead. All right, so Alfred tries to give Emily some hope. She's like, "Hey, Moira made it to Canada, but Emily is very detached still." And uh, Alfred, mm, she's like, you know, what about Oliver? You're, you know, at least he's free in yeah. Canada. I'm not his mother anymore. Yeah, but uh, and then Alfred just starts getting super pissed about the way Emily is acting, and uh, that's when the contractions start. So they bring her home in the baby ambulance. Nick helps her in, and Eden is watching sadly. Oh yeah, Eden's like, <gasps> oh. Mm. I thought he was a gender shredder, but no. No. Serena immediately prays over her belly on the doorstep there. <laughs> we did it. Um, and Offord is just not as happy. So the the uh, the whole ritual starts. I don't want to see a ceremony because that's another thing. Uh, they dress her in white. They're brought. She's actually brought to the commander's bedroom to have the baby. And she's like, at least this is the last time I have to get into that fucking bed. <laughs> mm. And then Serena, they, she's dressed in white, like, and she's like t- holding her stomach, like she's in labor. Yeah. Oh god. Okay. the The whole deal about the ceremony, I was reading that it comes from the Bible, but the point of it is, is are you talking uh, about the ceremony or this uh, birthing? The ritual? ceremony. The ceremony. Yeah, okay, the okay. raping ceremony. Okay. In the Bible, it's to point out that the the woman was jealous. She was jealous because, like, her sister had a lot of babies, and she wanted to have a baby, so she got her hand made. It's like, there's some things that are in the Bible that, yeah, that, yeah, that's good, do that. And then there's things that are in the Bible that's like, yeah, it's in the Bible, but don't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the point... I had no idea this is, was in the Bible. I mean, I thought this was yes, just Yes, like, it's in the Bible. Oh, man, gross. Get your handmaiden to get impregnated by your husband. Ugh. And then... Because all I want was a baby. And so it's to point out how jealous Serena is mm-hmm. of Alfred or anybody able to have a baby. Uh, of course, in the study, the men are all lighting cigars. And we get to meet uh, Commander Horace, who is a black commander, uh, which is actually something that's different from um, uh, the book. The book, like, races were definitely, you know, they got rid of it. It's, it's all white. <laughs> Uh, at least from what I remember, and but Horace gets like an extra dig in to um, Waterford, saying like, "Yeah, well, you know, like my wife is pregnant, so I don't need a handmaid." And uh, another commander is just 
super like this older like super gross commander is talking about his handmaid's ex- expiration date and how good looking uh waterford's uh handmaid is Ugh. um yeah i thought that was not the point God. you know i thought that no, wasn't it is the point they're all they're all like cackling assholes in the back of cars and cigars they're not your concubine yeah um, so, uh, the wives are all praying over Serena. She's, and she's literally doing Lamaze when Aunt Lydia interrupts and says, you know, it's false labor. And so Serena. Yeah, and they had brought all this food yeah. and there were all the flowers and they were doing it up mm-hmm. big. And then later on, they throw it away and, uh, uh, uh what's the Martha's name? Who, Rita? Rita. Yeah. Rita, she's throwing it away and she's like, ugh, what a waste. Mm. Yeah, and uh, Offra gets her smirk on. She's like, "I'm sorry, Mrs. Waterford." Yeah, she knew, she knew it wasn't the real deal. And I don't know if you noticed, but like, um, Serena's like embarrassed and upset, and she's she yes. even notices. She looks over. You know, all the handmaids are in the room, so this is all happening in front of all these like lowly women. And she looks over at specifically at Emily, and Emily smirks. You know, she catches Emily smirking too. Um, but. Um, so Serena brings Dr. Donnie to uh, induce, and he says, no, not for like a week or two. Oh, love Donnie. Love Donnie. Love not, as Donnie. This, not as this character, but... Uh. Not here, but in, yeah. <laughs> Orphan Black. Uh, Serena's so pissed, she promises Alfred she's going to get moved to another district, and Alfred agrees, and she parrots back her, like, it's probably best we don't see each other again, Serena. Um, and just Lydia's standing there in the background, like shaking her head, like, oh, damn it, this girl. <laughs> um, Alfred asked Fred for help. She says she lost one child. She's, not, she's about to lose another one. Move me to Hannah's district. Uh, I'm gonna, I won't, I won't ever like approach Hannah. And Fred's very like offended. He feels like Serena did in that other episode. Like she's asking for too much. Who does she think she is? They're just, she's just manipulating him. And he tells her to. Um, get out and um, offer a drops. You have no idea what it's like to have a child of your own flesh and blood, and you never will. Mm. What? what? Uh, not my favorite uh, Offred and Fred exchange in these run of episodes. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. Um, all right, so Fred and Serena talk about how much Offred is pissing them off. Fred says there might be some ways that baby could come sooner. Did you? Were you at all like, oh f- no? Oh, God. <laughs> and maybe thinking about the episode title, The Last Ceremony. I'm not sure. If um, I think so. I think it crossed my mind. Yeah. And Serena's one, she's like, the best way is the most natural way. They're like conspiring in the greenhouse, you know. Uh, Rita comes to get off her head, promises to tell the baby about her. She, like, says that as if she's going to get killed in the next room, you know. <laughs> um, and... She like Rita knows something's going on here, um, and uh, yeah, I love you know Rita just subtly like is like changing like she's got her head down at the beginning of the series, but now she's more and more emotionally involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so Serena takes uh, Alfred, um, uh, holds her down in the bed, and Fred assaults her. And she screams, no, it's super horrendous. It's fucking the worst scene ever. And we have Alfred saying in voiceover, I'm not here. I'm not here. 
and it's so, like it's so hard. Yeah. I was wondering if yeah, this was going to break you. <laughs> This is so... Like, um, they were talking about this on, like, it was line, so like, what... That was that was too much, like... That was hard. Yeah, and even later on, Serena realizes that's rape. Yeah. Well, what the hell do you think <laughs> the other shit is? Yeah, yeah. Like... Mm-hmm. And just, like, they just use her, he finishes, and they just leave her on the bed in, like, this mangled shape... And she just is like just catatonic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So later on, we see Betty and Jughead kiss. I mean, because I mean, there are rules, mm-hmm. and even if the rules are cruel and just yeah wrong, there's still rules. And if you believe, if you are a believer in these rules, and these rules are right, then you have to. Break the rules. Mm-hmm. That's what. So, yeah. I mean, these. Disturbing. I wonder. You know, we see a lot of just complete dirtbag. I mean, I wonder if somebody like like a commander like Horace or somebody like I don't know, like a more honorable commander. Like, I wonder if there's any commanders out there that do not break the rules at all. You know, because they're all like. They all seem to manipulate it to the whatever suits them. You know. Yeah. It, well, it seems like all the wives. Yeah. Are have the uh, just right point of view, you know? Uh, I guess because they know they'll get their fingers cut off if they, right. you know. Well, which mm. the commanders do too, but they're more of the in charge. Yeah, there's less of a. Uh, I mean, as long, I, the ruling class. It's more of a like, oh, this is going to publicly look bad for us. Then we'll we'll make an example out of them. But if they have a chance mm-hmm. to brush it under the carpet this has nothing to do with the reality this never happens um anyway uh we go to <laughs> um like i said betty and jug head kiss and uh archie sees this no i'm not gonna go that far nick sees this <laughs> um and she catches him and goes inside and cries and tries to apologize and says don't worry about it and he says, and she starts asking about June, and he's like, I would never get involved with a handmaid. It would be suicide. And then she just, Eden just ends the scene like crying, like a heartbroken teenager, which she is. <laughs> she's a teenager. Yeah, she's just a baby. Yeah, uh, okay, the thing about Eden, when she first, the whole uh, ceremony where they married the little girls to the uh, drivers, and uh, that seemed to, you know, come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Just be made up just to make life miserable for June. Yeah. But I, I do, I've grown to respect this character, uh, the idea of this character. She's both a child and somebody who's going to be a, a, a wife of a commander one day. Mm-hmm. And she's a victim and she's going to be part of the ruling class people yeah and she's and she is there to she her character represents a lot of different there's just a lot of layers to her yeah she and comes on this show like raised. a dawn <laughs> but she's not yeah. there's so much more to her yeah she is a she is a child that's been brought up in the system since she was a little little girl i'm sure is when right. it all happened and, um, I mean, there's so much, there's more you learn about her as we go along that it, it gets even more mm-hmm. heartbreaking when we talk about it. Um, 
Um, so this episode is super rough so far, and you think you've been through the roughest. <laughs> but uh, <Yeah>. Fred, nope. <laughs> Fred comes to Alfred's room, and he says, I've planned a surprise for you. And he says, you deserve this. And he gives her a kiss on the forehead. And it's just like, what? What do I yeah, deserve? And it's just, like, and it's just so weird. What does... What does Fred think? What does Fred expect from Alfred? Gratitude, butt kissing, uh, groveling, thanking him. I mean, like, what does he want in return? Obedience. I mean, he says that at the end. What he would do for an obedient woman? Woman. Mm, Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's obedience, but it's also. I mean, I feel like he needs. He wants a friend in all this, and like he. I don't know. You know, somebody he can like. Not follow the rules with, but also like rape a lot. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, anyway, so Nick drives her to the snowy outskirts of Gilead, um, tries to talk to her. She's not talking. She's still like completely messed up by what happened. Um, and uh, they, he takes her to a, a, an empty mansion or an empty big, big house, uh, and a guardian yeah, is there. Yeah, nice house. And he it just he just says you have ten minutes and Alfred runs the corner and little Hannah is sitting there. Uh, Alfred breaks into tears and hugs her. Hannah's scared. The Martha actually has to coax her to make sure to let her know it's okay. And and the Martha says that um, Hannah's name is Agnes now, but we're just going to call her Hannah. Um, said so Hannah actually remembers her abduction. Like she asks. Afraid of it hurt when they hit her on the head, mm-hmm. and if she tried to find her, and why didn't you try harder? Mm. Um, yeah, see, that's the thing. She feels so guilty, and there's so much that uh, Hannah could be upset about, but there's so much that's out of June's control, and how much can Hannah understand? And all Hannah knows is you. Whatever you did, you didn't do enough of it. Because yeah. I'm here with these strange people. Yeah. Um. Man, as a parent, I could spend like an hour talking about this. <laughs> Just kind of push through yeah. it a little bit. Um. Alfred apologizes that she couldn't protect her. It's just, oh, man. And she says, it's okay. I have new parents now. And Alfred asks if Mm -hmm. they're nice and if they hit her. And she says, only when I'm bad. And the Martha there quickly says, just twice, just twice. And Yeah. Because the job of a parent is for safety and security. And when a child, when you can't, you know, give a child safety and security, you have just failed completely. Yeah. And they know it. Hannah then notices that she's pregnant, and uh, she knows that she, you know, in this world, she doesn't get to keep the baby. And um, Alfred says, "You're my first baby. You'll always be my first baby." Uh, <laughs> the guardian uh, then starts ru- like the, it, it's so it's like so brutal. It's like they're like it's just this heart rending scene, and it's immediately this guardian's just like we have to go, you know, and it's just like what no. Um, and offers quickly, like telling her that she'll always be her mommy and she'll always love her. And <laughs> Hannah, Hannah, like breaks and just like she's been so, like off, off put, you know, like kind of like, like just observing her and talking about you know things plainly. But she breaks and she says, "Mommy," and I was like, "I am dead. I am dying." Mm-hmm. Um, and Offer tells her to love her parents, respect them, and just just be safe. Always be safe. 
And, um, and then she quickly tells to Martha to protect her. And uh, Hannah says, Mommy, will I see you again? And Offred says, I'm going to try. And Hannah's dragged away, screaming, Mommy. Offred sits and cries and then pushes through Nick to go outside. They have one more hug in the snow. And she, she reassures her it's going to be okay. And go and be brave. And then she hugs her one more time and they drive away while Offred is on her knees in the snow crying. <laughs> oh, it's so hard <laughs> That scene is so hard yeah. for me as a, as a parent, yeah. I don't know, as a human, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, the red, uh, her red costume against the snow looks so good. Yeah. Uh, that house is beautiful. Yeah. And- uh, I can't imagine how that must feel like. That is just so. Uh. But it's not even over yet because then all of a sudden we hear these cars approaching. And this is like immediately it's like no time for heartbreak there's danger you know mm-hmm. and i really didn't understand what happened and i watched it several times yeah. and i don't know what happens uh nick gets her in the house he meets with the men outside and he's just like oh, i was just checking the commander's house and the guys like the commanders the guardians just like uh you're lying and they just knock him out and then um throw him in the truck and very conveniently this is kind of like the most convenient thing for the writers, the writing in this episode, it's like they have to trap Alfred there. So they have the one of the guardians decides to take his truck, and then they all go like he follows him in Nick's truck, you know. So Alfred's stuck there. Now, what happens? The guard. Somebody gets shot. No, uh, the they have. Um, I think I think they're like holding their guns, and Nick like goes for the gun, and they and they they got the one behind him immediately clocks him in the back of the head and knocks him out. Okay. Knocks Nick out. Yeah. Okay. And then they throw Nick into their truck, and then the the second guardian... The other guy goes gets in into Nick's. Nick's truck, and they leave. They leave. Yeah. Because, as it turns out, this is this is the commander's house that is... Uh, who takes care of Hannah. This must be, like, their winter or their summer home or something, because mm-hmm. um, it's got things in it, but they're gone. I don't know if... They're on vacation or something, and Hannah was the Hannah was left in the, in the care of the Martha, but they were all being they're all staying somewhere else because I don't know every I don't know it seemed like the house was like closed down for yeah because the they were they had, uh-huh, they had covered the furniture yeah yeah I figured that yeah that's their they've gone to a winter home or something <sighs> so that's the last ceremony one of the toughest episodes of the Handmaid's Tale I would have to say. Um, okay, let's go on to Holly. Um, so Alfred's stuck at this mansion. She can't open this damn garage, and she turns around, and there's this freaking wolf just staring at her. Which was awesome because it was so Little Red Riding Hood and Ye- Big Bad Wolf. Oh, my God. I didn't even put that together. Red Riding? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking of it as, like, this is, like, the, you know, danger is coming. Like, you need to move. And and offer and you or you know this wolf staring her down like to, to give up you know and she's just like like offered like Elizabeth Moss does this thing where she just like kind of stares back at it determinedly and just runs to the house but like doesn't even look back at the wolf it just goes <laughs> um, anyway so we go in the house and Alfred finds a photo of Hannah and her adoptive mother so this is Hannah's house or, or whatever I'm saying and then she has like a sad memory of leaving Hannah at school which is. 
Definitely heartbreaking for any parent. This is like a yeah, we can relate to. <laughs> yes, everybody does this. Has that first day of kindergarten? Uh, you know, the, it, everybody goes through it. Yeah. How the child act? You know, sometimes the mother is in worse. You know, is, it affects the mother worse than the child, mm-hmm. and sometimes the child for several weeks is difficult to leave them. Yeah, and, and also like. I mean, I watched the last ceremony in this episode in one night, so it's also interesting how watching those both together just to kind of compare the scene of of uh, you know Hannah screaming for her mother and then being taken away by by the Martha, you know, for her own good, safety, and all that, um, compared to just a regular mother dropping off her kid at school and she's doesn't want to go to school or she's scared to go to school, you know, and how like, you know, like almost like trivial that seems like she's like walking away. She's like doing the determined not to like, like, turn, like if I, if I keep giving her, if I keep giving into her crying, like that's not going to keep her strong. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to turn and walk away, but it, you know, you can see she's kind of breaking down a little bit as she's trying to try to walk away. Um, I don't know what I'm getting at, but it's just interesting to kind of compare those scenes. Um, all right. So uh, there's a lot of rush, rummaging about around the house. I didn't write everything down, but, you know, the, she finds the Camaro and she finds – she gets in. She finds the keys. She turns the ignition and the radio – Radio Free America comes on. And did you notice it? Anything special about this? Uh, is this the Oprah part? That's Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Now this got me. This got me very emotional. Yes, oh, that's so awesome. And Why? I, I guess Why? it's because I don't know. I guess because Oprah is very inspiring. Yep. And she's literally the, selling. Uh, she well, she's not literally selling, but she's you know offered you get a car. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you get a car. That's so true. Yeah. I just love the, you know, like how she was almost speaking directly to Alfred almost. We are still here, stars and stripes forever, baby. And then Bruce Springsteen playing. I just ever since this episode, I've always like I I, I love the, the song "Hungry Heart" even more. <laughs> I am not a Bruce Springsteen fan, uh-huh. but I understand that Bruce Springsteen represents this um, like working class America. Yeah, exactly. Like if there's anything that bleeds Americana to you, like the, if you listen to a song, uh, the Americana, like Bruce Springsteen, like would have several songs on that list. I mean, I definitely, I've always wanted to kind of dig into his catalog because I, you know, he gets a lot of respect by from people, and I've only listened to the like the hits. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, eventually, I will. Uh, but uh, yeah, we we do hear a little bit of hints about the. She says this. Uh, the, Basically broadcasting from Anchorage Where the American government is still Set up or something like that So America is in Alaska And Hawaii Hawaii. (laughs) That's weird So So, Gilead is the Continental US Did you see the map I posted Yeah but there's different Colors and you're like you don't know what's what It's too fuzzy to tell like I wish I could have an HD version of that but and like, why are the borders so highlighted so much, yeah. darkened? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, so I love that. So Oprah gives like Alfred's just like stuck at this house and she's scared and she's alone and like what the hell am I going to do? And then you know as soon as she, as soon as she hears Oprah and Bruce Springsteen, she's like, "I'm going. I'm getting the fuck out of yeah. here." <laughs> so she- I mean, this was like great. All of this like n- there's no dialogue. It's just her. Yeah. She's trying to get into the garage. She has to go back in the house and find the keys mm-hmm. and, and find different things. Yeah. And we we discovered little things along the way and the radio. And then she's got, she tries to – she can't get the garage door open. Mm. And she's going to bust out and it doesn't work. And what's next? Well, okay. So, Is that what she – So she's – so she – Packs packs food food and water right. She gets oh, gets yeah. the commander's coat and she looks at herself yeah. in the mirror and remembers being like pregnant and flirty with Luke. She has like a quick flashback there, just oh, like yeah. nicer times before they're gonna go out and, and before she has a ch- it's that it's that time that weird time before you have a baby. Yeah. Of I'm about to lose my freedom. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. I'm sad. I'm this. I'm that. Mm-hmm. It's just it's you know. I guess everybody goes through that weird time of I'm as huge as a barge, <laughs> but 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 I'm also sexy. You know, it's so weird. So she's and also like your the your identity is changing. Yeah. Like I've never been a mother before. How's it? How are people going right. to see me as being? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So she's like lost in those thoughts when all of a sudden a freaking car pulls up and it's holy crap, Fred and Serena are actually here. And she's pissed. Serena's pissed. She's like barging through the house, screaming, Off, Fred! Um, she finds her red overcoat and then she goes down and yells at Fred for being so stupid. And Fred says she sh- she should have shown Off Fred some kindness. And Serena's like, We, ra- <laughs> you raped her. And and then Fred Fred is like upset because it was her idea. He calls her a bitch. Like they were in on that. Yes, the real the real Fred and Serena come out mm-hmm. here, and Alfred gets to hear how they really feel. How they really feel about each other. What's going on? And uh, what is it? They're gonna they're gonna hang us. What? Well, yeah. They'll probably hang us right next to each other. And then he's like. You know, he's cussing. Mm-hmm. You know, where's this holier-than-thou pious uh, fake shit? And they're, Serena's... They're cussing and... Yeah. And, and she's even, like, saying, like, I gave up everything for this cause. I just wanted a baby. And we couldn't even keep, keep this together. And Fred, like, pins her to the wall by her throat. And then she she just keeps saying, like, you left me with nothing. You left me with nothing. Yeah. So... All of this crap that she helped build was only because she wanted a baby. Yeah. Selfish. Very, very, very super selfish. Um, But, you know, she also, I mean, she wrote that book. She had to believe in some version of this, but probably not in the version where. (laughs) Yeah, see, that's what I keep thinking. Like with Nick and with uh, Serena, I'm I wonder how many times a day do they have to stop and think, this is not what I signed up for. Or do they just make themselves, you know, do they lie to themselves? Yeah. Do they make themselves believe that this this is, you know, worth it, uh, condoning all of this crap? So, while all this is going on, upstairs in like a breezeway, uh, 
Offred is loading. Has a gun a pointed towards yeah, him. I know. Yeah. Were you screaming at your TV for her to pull the trigger and shoot? Uh, not really, but <laughs> it was just going through my mind that nobody's around. Nope. Would anybody hear the gun? You know, could she shoot them and get away? Yeah. You know. I know exactly. Or what? Like what? I, like I remember watching this the first the first time and going because it was only like a few months ago when this episode aired live. Um, uh, I remember like wanting her to pull the trigger, maybe maybe killing Fred and maybe mm-hmm. Serena or something like that because I find Serena like the more interesting character. Um, but really, I was like, man, they just raped you. Like, kill them. Like, try to kill them. Um, Mm-hmm. But, you know, also realizing she's like, she's very pregnant. And, you know, if she tries to kill them, maybe, and, and doesn't succeed, she might end up getting killed herself. So, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, and, uh, yeah, so she's come super close to doing it. And they get up, they give up and leave. And, um, and like after that, she is just trying to like like she came so close to murdering them, and then all of a sudden, like all that emotions or something. I don't know if it triggered anything, but she starts having uh, contractions, and uh, she starts having a memory of her mother bringing her to like a kind of like a I think it's like supposed to be like a hippy dippy kind of birthing center. But June's like yes. no, hospital drugs. Like <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. not coming here. And then she's ha- yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny how different June and her mother are. Yeah, June is very conventional mm-hmm. compared to how she was raised by her mother. Sure. Um, and uh, she even throws a jab, and she's like, "I doubt you'll even be there when I have the baby." You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so back in the present, Offer can't even open can't open the damn garage door. There's no electricity, so she gets in the car and just starts ramming it again and again. But it's like she doesn't have enough uh, enough room to back up and really nail through that garage. So I just uh, like the fact that she's the gas pedal's pushed all the way down and pushing up against that garage door and the, the tires are just skidding and her screaming. It's just so, like, frustrating to watch. It's like, oh, God, I wish you could just get out. Um, so close. So close. And outside, she tries opening it again and slips and then realizes her water broke. And she starts screaming, not now, not now, while the wolf watches. And then mm-hmm. she turns around and stares it down again and it starts to howl. Just cool. So she realizes, okay, it's time. And I was, so, I was so, I was laughing on the inside a bit when um, you mentioned this last last week, I believe. Like oh, she's going to end up having the baby like by herself or something. She better not have the baby by herself. Or you said, something I mean, I knew she would because something like that. It's got to be something just horrific. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't be easy. It's got to be something super difficult. So inside she makes a fire, lays out a bunch of rugs and prepares to have the baby and then just like passes out from the pain. And we go to another flashback, which is hospital with Luke and her asking for drugs and Luke and Moyer arguing over their playlists and wondering where her mom is. And what is up with the blouse that Moira is wearing in this scene? Yeah, I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? That does not look like a blouse that any self-respecting lesbian would wear. <laughs> I know it looks like she looks like a. I, I, if, if I'm remembering right, she looks like a nurse. Like she looks like she works there, right? Isn't that like a? The sleeves are like real full. 
Okay. Full sleeves. Okay, These maybe big, I'm not, huge I'm not sleeves. Yeah, I hated it. I love the little joke where, like, you know, Luke and Moira arguing over their playlists, and she, and June like kind of takes her side, Luke's side, and saying like, "Hey, I, I like his music. It's okay." And then as soon as the mm-hmm. contraction starts, she starts like, "What is this song? I hate this fucking song." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get that uh, that trope of uh, being in labor makes you like super grouchy. I wasn't. I oh, really? wasn't like that. No. Was your wife like that? I, I believe she was more like, no, she was she was very determined. She was, I mean, she was, I didn't want to push any buttons, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but no, and I, I got to say, I don't know how people do, like, of course, I always have a problem with like music. Like, like I always put some music on and I'm, I'm constantly like, you know, I'm never certain what kind of mood I'd be in to listen to any sort of music. So I couldn't imagine making a playlist for having a big yeah. Like, yeah, but I, and I'm always, I'm always worried about other people. Is this music too loud? Is this music, yeah. you know, like, is it getting on everybody's nerves? Yeah, like, everybody I, yeah, yeah. I could imagine like making a playlist for my pregnant wife to have a baby too. Mm-hmm. Like, unless I like was like, I know exactly what she'd want to listen to. Honestly, mm-hmm. if I made it for my wife right now, I'd probably be like Miles Davis and some Frank Sinatra. <laughs> But I don't think she'd want to. I don't know if she'd want to listen to that music while having a baby. She, I don't know. Anyway, so she kind of wakes up from this flashback and realizes she's laying in a lot of blood, and she realizes like, okay, this is this is getting really serious. So she goes outside, walks out in the snow with the rifle. The contraction brings her to her knees. We see a quick shot of the wolf panting. And um, she fires off the shotgun twice, and the wolf is gone. And then she fires two more, and she says, come and get me. And then... She knows she can't be alone. She knows she's going She would rather go to the mouth of... You know, she'd rather go into the hands of her enemy than try to do this on her own. And I think it's more like she's... Risk... Yeah, she wants to save the baby. That's what you're getting at, right? She, yeah, risk dying and risk, save, risk losing the baby. Yeah. yeah. And so she goes cave woman. She gets naked in front of the fire, and I gotta say, the makeup on on Elizabeth Moss here, like that, yeah, whatever they she put looked on actually her, pregnant. She really yeah. did. I I don't I, I I don't think she was pregnant during this because I mean, you could have told me no, she was actually pregnant, dude. I I totally read it on the internet. I'd be like, oh oh yeah, that makes sense because it looks really good. And it, it, it does, but you know, when in the scene where she went to drop uh, Hannah off at kindergarten, uh-huh. when she walks away it only shows her from the chest up and i was thinking that's very suspicious how they don't show her Hmm. body i haven't seen any like you know of course i don't really pay too much but usually i can tell when people are pregnant because you can you can tell in their face yeah but uh i don't think she has to show there's some like really kind of unflattering close-up shots. Like Elizabeth Moss is very brave in this. <laughs> like she, they yeah. super close up to her face, and she's just like, Aah! you know, like teeth bared and everything. Um, we have a flashback of June telling Luke that she loves him, but go fuck yourself, and um, <laughs> which I love. That's so funny. And then a flash to the Red Center, the birthing coaching, the girls and then a flash of Janine giving birth and then all of a sudden she gives birth and wow again like the creature effects <laughs> whatever you want to call it like the the makeup the 
Like you see that baby come out and she pulls it out and oh my god. Wow. Were you impressed? Oh my gosh, she's Scientologist. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Somebody asked her about this. She said both uh, uh, Scientology and people of Gilead believe that all outside sources are wrong or evil. The fan describes it's actually not true at all. She continues, religious freedom and tolerance and understanding the truth and equal rights for every race, religion, and creed are extremely important to me. Oh, anyway. Okay. I mean, that's a good sentiment, but well, also, like, you're... Yeah. I mean, I can't say anything. I love Tom Cruise, so... <laughs> <laughs> At least his movies. I don't know about him, but well, I, and I was I was just trying to figure out if she had had a baby, and she has not, according to Wikipedia, has not had a baby. Okay, all right. So we have one more flashback where Holly arrives at the hospital. The mother's name is Holly, and then in the present, she names the baby Holly, and then promises the baby that she's going to introduce her to her sister. She starts showing her the picture, and then outside, we hear doors, cars pulling up, and she says, "We did it, Holly." <sighs> so. Again, two like after all of that, (laughs) she has to freaking go back to the Waterfords. Mm -hmm. This episode is called Postpartum. Um, So we see a close up of little cute baby Holly getting a bath, and then we slowly pan back and we see just Serena. Oh my god, she's so freaking happy! And she calls the baby Nicole. And then we cut to Offred, both boobs pumping away. And uh, we see we, we find out that it's a few weeks later, um, and Aunt Lydia basically mentions the cover story that, you know, that she, she was out for a drive. Like, Nick had taken her out for a drive, and they had the baby. She ended up having the baby at the empty house after, like, I think Fred gives the other half of the uh, cover story that... Offered got abandoned because Nick suffered a misunderstanding from some other guardians. Yeah. See, I mean, oh, the lies. Yeah. The mental gymnastics that they have to do to keep to the to to keep this stupid system going. Mm-hmm. Offered stories also made her popular. They, they say that other commanders and wives are sending bribes um, to Aunt Lydia and to Offred to woo her. Like uh, yeah. grand muffins. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, because she has successfully given birth to a healthy child, yep. so that makes her very valuable. Meanwhile, Fred is promising Nick um, that things are going to happen for him, and then he has Nick, because he knows, he knows it's Nick's kid. He has Nick hang up the new family portrait, uh, and he says, inspiring, isn't it? Uh, like, F you, man, this is my family, it's my kid. Mm-hmm. Serena tells Eden her patience, service, and sacrifice has made it all worth it. Um, Rita tells Serena that the supply is running low. They need to reunite mother and child. So in a church, Lydia brings Offred to see Fred and the baby. She refuses to look at the baby. But once she does, her breasts immediately start leaking. Um, and Fred, like, imme- oh, Fred's like, job done. Picks up the baby. is about to leave. And Lydia's, and Lydia's like, uh, maybe she should pop at the house. And Offred says, may I be worthy? And, of course, Serena's pissed off about this. She's like, she's going to, she's not going to see the baby. She's going to pump in her room. Like, (laughs) done. Anyway, so fun at the Waterfords is still going on. Meanwhile, Emily is brought to Commander Joseph Lawrence's house 
And um, we find out from Aunt Lydia that he's like one of the architects of Gilead's economy. Um, the house is kind of a wreck. And then around the corner comes creepy Bradley Whitford with his creepy <laughs> get out white beard. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I was like, this. it's so weird to have to figure out what is going on. <laughs> Uh, the sweater, but I, it, but you see their house, and you get the idea. You know these people who are like uh, brilliant, and what's the word that I can never think of that means weird but cool? Robin. And, uh, no, uh, it means uh, they're weird and they're weird. Okay. Uh, Special. What is it? Uh, no, it's a word that I can never heart. think of. Um, and Jen Wynn is going, she's screaming at her, her phone right now. Uh, oh, she's already been screaming. She already messaged me before and told me that these episodes upset her. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> we'll have her uh, uh, message What us. is it when somebody's, you know, like Howard Hughes is like a very, uh, he's a recluse, but he's a weirdo. He's a... I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah. anyway, you can tell that this person is probably very creative. I just remembered there's the, <laughs> there's there's art. I tweeted a uh, I, I I I posted a tweet in our group about a month or so ago. It's like you don't feel like a ghost until yeah. the podcast host can't figure you're out something. To a podcast and you're screaming at your phone because <laughs> you you know exactly what they mean, but they can't think of the word. Sorry, we ghosted you, listeners. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, he's got books stacked all over He's got some artwork um, hanging on the walls Which is, you know, very different than what's going on at the Waterfords mm-hmm. his, his Martha is just like sassing him left and right, you know Yeah um, So there's no discipline in this house Yeah, he's just kind of like, uh, you know, he kind of lets things go I just want to point out Bradley Whitford was uh, uh, on the West Wing with Elizabeth Moss years ago. And um, he was also, according to IMDb, I've never seen this, but he was in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants with Alexis Bledel. Never seen the movie. Have you? I saw it, but I don't remember anything about it. Um, And Emily is caught reading a book and they talk about the penalty, but uh, Lawrence seems to kind of scoff at it. Strangely, and walks off. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get a grip on what's going on with him. Um, meanwhile, back at the Waterfords, Offred is like on the floor, ear to the floor, listening to uh, Nicole gurgling or Holly, whatever you want to call her. Um, Eden talks about having a baby someday, having a baby with two parents that love each other. Um, and she asks Offred, "What if you had a chance?" To have love and a baby And Offred tells her to grab love Wherever she can find it So basically Offred caused Eden's death (laughs) Yes because my very next note is The next day Eden is missing (laughs) Uh, Nick says he wishes he could hold the baby He's like let's run away and start over To the west coast Uh, And she's like no that's still Gilead I was like yes give me geography packs And he's like how about Hawaii (laughs) And uh, she says, she says the baby's name is Holly It's named after her mom And then Fred comes in And he says that Isaac's missing And that's when Nick's like oh <laughs> <laughs> So It's like funny enough Eden's missing too Yeah and I know something's going on here So of course Fred is not in control So he's pissed 
uh, Serena's just like, F you, I've got my baby. Get the hell away from me. <laughs> and um, and so uh, Holly is fussing. So Serena decides to close the door and try using her own breasts. Oh, see. Which just. I don't know what. How did this make you feel? I mean, it, it just how, like. Oh, uh, all right. It's crazy. <laughs> this may be why Ivan Shahovsky got nominated for an Emmy, but this crazy evil woman, I constantly come into p- t- scenes where I'm like, I feel bad for her. I feel, I feel, you know, she has a stolen baby and she wishes she could nurse it and be her real mommy. And I feel bad for her. Like, <laughs> but I do, I'm like, oh man. It, Cause you can tell, like, she's like, like, I'm going to have this sweet, peaceful time alone with my baby. I'm going to do this. This is what a normal mother would do. I, maybe, maybe I can calm her down with my own breasts. I know I don't have, I know I don't have milk, but maybe this would calm her down. And like, like you see her face, like when the baby starts to latch and she's like, you know, she's like, wow, this is like something like I, I feel like this is a, this is something a mother enjoys, you know? Um, I mean, I know for a fact that it took forever to get Juliet off my, my wife's breast, but you know, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, cause they were just like, it's our time. <laughs> get away, daddy. Um, but, uh, but then, you know, like how Holly gets super upset about it because she's starving, you know, and Serena immediately goes into like apology. mode. she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, I don't feel bad for Serena. I don't feel sorry for her one bit. Not one bit. Okay. I do not. It's crazy. Too. I know exactly. I, I, I agree with you as well as feeling bad, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's crazy. Um, I don't, when she started pulling her breast out, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I was just like, what do you what do you think is going to happen? Right, right. What are you expecting? <laughs> this is not going to go well. Oh, I just. Uh, meanwhile, downstairs, Offred smelling Holly's clothes, and then Fred comes in. And oh, yeah. Starts talking to Offred about when he and Serena searched the empty house, and Offred says she was in the attic, and Fred says he was glad. I'm glad I made that meeting with Hannah happen, uh, and. Um, and uh, she's it, and Offred just says you know thank you and Fred says is that all the things I get and so Offred's like okay I got to play the game so she's like we could play Scrabble sometime. Uh, meanwhile, Emily meets Commander Lawrence's wife. For some reason, I wrote down Emily Lawrence. I'm probably mistaken with that character's name because that would be really weird. Anyway, the wife's name wife is uh, a bit disturbed. Um, yeah, she she have like dementia or something, she is, or she's just I she, mentally she is married. Off. She is married to Oppenheimer, you know, and has seen Hiroshima. <laughs> like maybe so. Like, that's maybe basically so. what it is. She tells him. She tells Emily that the commander came up with the idea for the colonies. So all that pain that Emily went through at the beginning of the season, like she's now living in the house with the guy who created it. Mm. Um and um. So, uh, Mr. Lawrence pushes her into her room and she says she hates him. And, um, and so, um, Lawrence pulls a beer out, shares a beer with Emily and says his wife was an art professor who wanted everything beautiful. 
And, um, and then he asks Emily about her teaching job. She knows she's a lesbian, repeats back all the offenses she's caused. Uh, like she, he knows like her entire record sympathizes with her about losing her child and losing her, um, parts in society or job or something. I don't know what my notes mean, but, and it then says like creepily, like, have you healed properly? Oh, I know what she mean. I know what I wrote. I wrote part. She lost her part because I didn't want to write that word down. That's, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. That part of her anatomy? Yeah. <clears throat> uh-huh. Uh, and then, yeah, so she, he's like, have you healed properly? And it, like, the scene ends there. And it's, again, you're like, what is going on with this guy? Is he a creepazoid or is he actually concerned? Or yeah. is he, like, checking to see if she's safe to have sex with, you know. Um, so, uh, Rita, uh, Rita wakes offered up and says they found Eden and Isaac, and we go to Nick talking to Eden, and just, like, trying to get her to lie to save herself. And Eden says she doesn't see anything wrong with being in love and wanting to have a baby with someone she loves. And Nick, like, realizes she's just stuck, you know, there and just immediately starts asking her forgiveness. She feels, he feels so bad for like treating her so bad and not not giving her what she was hoping to have. And she kisses him and says, I am like, I'm certain God is with me. So we go to a community pool where everybody like Martha's and, uh, note, uh, Eden's mother is all, and like her, um, brother are sitting in the audience together. Um, and, uh, uh, Eden and um, uh, what's his face, Jughead, um, Isaac are chained. Uh-huh. They're told to renounce their sins and plead for mercy, and they look just kind of look at each other. They're silent, and Eden's mother like s- immediately starts screaming for her, and that's when Eden starts reciting the "Love is patient" verse from the Bible, and they are pushed into the pool and are weighted to the bottom and die. I kept waiting for Nick to jump in that pool. I was like, come on, Nick. You're right there. Save her. <laughs> but. I'm a- well, I, I just thought it was odd that uh, they drowned them instead of hung them. And they seemed to be hanging everybody. Oh, uh, uh, they hang them later. <laughs> they hang them later. You don't, later. You don't remember? I'll I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Okay. But, um, yeah, they're starting to use the Bible against them. Yeah. Because what, uh, you know, when when, uh, Alfred comes back from the um, hospital and Serena prays on her belly, and she was like, oh, God's this, God's will, God's whatever. And uh, Alfred says, you know... Nobody knows the mind of the things of God. Right. So, you know, you can you can use the Bible. You can use the Bible. You can twist the Bible and pick and choose and not be right. Yeah. And, you know, the sweet little teenage girl, like, just like she's so, like, innocent in like, what she believes. And she's been raised to believe in this. And I'm I'm certain, like, she's. She was. She's probably like a girl that was waiting for her prince and all that kind of stuff, and saw the like the guardians as like like those are like military men, like good men to take care of me, and and I will do my part to serve God and all that, and everything will be fine. And then she didn't realize that she was going to be trapped in a loveless marriage, and then and then have to look elsewhere, and then 
what to do when I, you know, I, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not sure how a faithful person explains away adulterous feelings like that. I just like, well, I'm sure she, okay. Skipping ahead. Uh-huh. She has her Bible and she's reading the Bible. Even though women are not supposed to read, she's reading the Bible and she's probably interpreting the, interpreting the Bible correctly. Right. And she knows that this is unjust and that, that this system, this society is not right. And forcing her to marry somebody, even though the Bible does say, you know, uh, That's the- marry your, uh, what? You're right. I uh, and and I, I have to say, I mean, we were talking a little bit about Eden at the beginning of the episode and how it gets sadder, learning more and more about her. And yeah, kind of skipping ahead of what you're talking about. That this begin happens in the beginning of the next episode is the whole offered finding the Bible and seeing it. Not only like she's reading the Bible, but it's full of writing, and it's like just her like going through her Bible and taking notes and just trying to fully understand it. And the fact that that is a sin. You know, <laughs> but like this little innocent girl is just like, yeah, I, I want to learn more about God. Like everybody, this whole system is allegedly built around God and what he wants from us and, and what we deserve and how to better serve our husbands and all that stuff. So, yep. It's first Corinthians two eleven for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them in the same way no one knows the thoughts of god except the spirit of god mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway um I, we should i should close out this the, the other episode before we get into the next um the whole uh, yeah how, how torn up nick is about this offer tries to comfort him and he just like walks away walks out into the rainstorm and uh, then she sees Serena kind of tearing up, like this, the, the murder, the ex- I say execution, but it's an out and out murder of Eden is really kind of tore up. Like, it's another, like, knife wound to her. Like, just like seeing, going to Canada and seeing how crazy it was up there and how, how I don't know, like, how sheltered she is or whatever. Um, and, you know. Seeing Offred's husband, I, I think that's another like knife wound that got to her, that makes her like want to change things. But the the death of Eden, this like sweet little girl, like uh, really gets to her. So she's like kind of tearing up, and um, Holly starts fussing, and uh, surprisingly, um, Serena offers the baby to Offred to nurse Offred, who does have breast milk. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the word, the season finale. Uh, so yeah, Rita and Alfred talk about Eden. They, you know, they feel guilty about how they treated her. You know, um, Rita's another person that's just even more broken by the more and more things that happen in this house. Um, and yeah, so Alfred shows Serena the Bible and, um, Serena just says she was hiding a multitude of sins and Alfred is totally disgusted by this response and demands to know how she'll raise Holly. And, uh, Serena says she'll be raised properly and understand the word of God and, Offred says she can't read the word of God. Yeah, that's what's so weird. Like back in medieval times, before the print, like people, even when, yeah, people couldn't read. They just had to take somebody's word. Yeah. You know, just to, uh, another person's word that that's what it was interpreted for them. And so how are, how are these women or anybody in the people supposed to know what? 
they're not and they're not they're not worshiping God. They're worshiping this system. Yeah. Um, so we go to Eden's father shows up and apologizes to Nick for, for Eden. And then he apologizes to the Waterfords and Fred is just not willing to give any kind words to him. And this like Rita is like standing there. She's like, nope. And she's like, (laughs) excuses herself. And, uh, Alfred is just completely like pissed. And, um, she's surprised to find out that Eden's dad is actually the one that turned her in. Yeah. Because I'm sure they were terrified of what would happen to them if they didn't. Right. So Eden's father leaves, everybody leaves, and Alfred is alone with Fred. And she says, what are you going to do when they come for your daughter? And then he he starts walking away. And then he comes back in and slaps her across the face. And then she whirls around and slaps him right back. Oh, goes, yeah. Yes. That was very satisfying. Oh. I mean, finally, she's able to stand up. Yeah. Instead of Instead of these... Going, she has to find these back ways of doing things and saying things, manipulations, and not. Yes, she finally straight up said what was on her mind and was able to uh, fight (laughs) back. Slap that son of a bitch in the face! Like she, she did a straight on like George McFly to Biff slap. Like (laughs) she like wheeled (laughs) around and then it came back around and wailed him. And then, yeah, he gets pissed. He pushes her on the couch and he says, women are the misery of all men. All of them. And uh, and then he excuses himself. <laughs> goes and cries in the bathroom. Um, yeah, but uh, did he always feel this way? No, him and uh, Serena had a different relationship before. Like this, this whole system has caused him to hate women. Yeah. To look down on women. It's corrupted. Yeah, the system is corrupt. And Corrupts. Yeah. Alfred is next next with Rita. Rita is helping her, and she says that she thinks she broke her hand, and Rita says, praise be. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nick shows up, and Rita says, your girlfriend is a badass. <laughs> I loved it. And then, uh, so Rita has to go attend to the baby, and then Alfred uh, comes in, and she Rita hands the baby off to Alfred, who then hands it to Nick, and um, says, look what yeah, we Yeah, this... Yeah, this was a nice moment where they get they all get to bond and have this moment as a family. And uh, yeah, this is like Rita like kind of backs out of the room and then slowly closes the doors, but just kind of keeps her eyes on them. And it's like you don't know, like you're like thinking that she's just kind of having these kind of like oh shuck, you know, sweet. This is sweet, you know, kind of feeling. But she's I, you know, she's also thinking like oh, the, you know the. We only have seconds. We we have to, we have to get this moving. This I have to do what's right here, um, mm. which we find out about later. Um, out for a walk. Uh, Janine is uh, moved by Eden's story. She says that she died for love, and um, as she's walking with Alfred and the other handmaids, um, it turns out that these assholes actually hung Eden and Isaac off the wall after drowning them. You didn't remember oh. that. No. You didn't uh, think that was them or something? Did, or? Did we saw it? Yeah. They like walk over. They're like, a, they were kind of like above the wall looking down. And it was, it was clearly them. Like they had hoods over their heads, but it was like a guardian and a, like a little, little wife body. Hmm. <sighs> so yeah, they drowned them, got them out of the water, put a noose around the neck and threw them over the wall. <laughs> like what the, f- how horrible. Um, I guess to be an example for everybody to see. Yep. 
Emily, uh, oh yeah, that was another thing. Did you notice when they those underwater shots, which were really beautiful, you know, sad to see. Yeah. Did you notice all the weights on the bottom of the Yeah. <laughs> this is not the first time. Nobody swims in that pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's nice and clear. Like they keep it filtrated. Um, yeah, chlorine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Emily is, uh, you know, she's realized that tonight's going to be the first ceremony with Lawrence. Oh yeah. And she's just already prepared. Let's get this over with. Yeah. Um, and then she and he, mentions he never comes. Oh wait, 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 hold on a second. So, so she mentions to to to. Um, uh, I think Alfred or Janine that um, tomorrow is her son's birthday, and and they start talking about cake or tequila. And I love Janine's like, "Oh, tequila! I miss you most of all." <laughs> 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 and then Emily looks at June and just is like, "I'm glad I got to see you again." Which I'm like, you know, at first it's you know, like uh, knowing what's coming. Like I, I think Emily was like, "Yeah, this is it." Like I'm not going to go through another ceremony. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take him down, and I'll probably get killed too. Um, yeah, I have had it. I have had all I can take. Serena asks uh, Naomi Putnam if she worries about her daughter's future. She says they need a life with purpose, and suddenly they are conspiring. Mm. They realize they got to go talk to the other wives, and they go stand in front of this room with wives, and we move to the next scene. Emily's preparing for the ceremony, goes to the kitchen, gets a knife, says, um, he comes in, he says he's not going to do that with her and tells her just go to her room. So that's Mm -hmm. good. So we go to the council. Serena approaches the council and one of the assholes mumbles to Fred, did you forget your lunch today, Waterford? Um, Because how dare the wives come to the council mm -hmm. and concern themselves with any business, uh, you know. Yeah, she's moved they by don't Eden, need to worry about that. and she says she wants to teach their children to read. You know, it's to understand the word of God. And then the wives all file in, and Fred thanks them half-heartedly and tries to dismiss them. That's when Serena opens the Bible, and it, <gasps> in the beginning there was the Word. And did you see uh, there were some of the wives walked out? Yeah, they. They're like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be part of this. <laughs> And then after, outside, Fred, like, ushers the wives away and then has Serena dragged away. Um, and we go to the Lawrences and um, Emily uh, is, Aunt Lydia shows up to talk to Emily. She just assumes that there was a ceremony. And she tries to give her the thought, like, you've gotten such an opportunity you've been given. But, you know, you, you, you're you just so perverse and degenerate. And then she's, like, Emily's not talking and she says, it's like I cut out your tongue. Which is just like a reminder that Lydia was the one that took her part. <laughs> and then Lydia walks away and Emily stabs her in the back and then punches her so hard she goes over the banister and, like, falls, like, awkwardly on the stairs. And then Emily just kicks her down the stairs yeah, in this episode, yeah, it was like finally <laughs> Poor something down. to cheer about. <laughs> yes, Viva la Resistance. Um, no, this is like this is a woman that's yeah, like you said, she's had enough, and she was looking for somebody to strike out on it, strike back to, and um, Aunt Lydia is like the personification of everything that's horrible about this and what she put Emily through. Um, 
the Martha calls uh, Commander Lawrence and then shoves Emily into a room, and we get this moment of Alexis Bledel just like pacing and then just like laughing, and then like then she just like starts looking worried and starts to cry. Like it was a really good moment there. Um, Fred uh, brings. Did you do you think Aunt Lydia is dead? By the way, no. Okay. <laughs> Fred brings uh, Serena home limping. Tells Alfred they had a difficult day. Mm-hmm. And um, we yeah, you they show her back, uh-huh. and like I was expecting to see like blood coming through her dress, like she had been whipped. whipped. Yeah, but that's not what it was. Yeah, I was I I, I kind of forgot about this, but like like they don't show it, and then all of a sudden they have this close up of Fred putting her ring on the table and then walking away, and then we realize they took a finger. And Serena says, just says, I tried. And Alfred sits there with her and holds her other hand. Fred realizes that Rita is now missing. Uh, and he says, God, give me an obedient woman. Um, he is losing control of his house. Yeah. And Alfred's just outraged. You let them do that to Serena. And Fred says, we, have, we all have our roles to play. Serena needed to be reminded of hers. And Fred offers to let Alfred stay if she's obedient, and maybe they can try for a boy. And that's when Alfred tells him to go fuck himself. <laughs> and then Fred says, maybe you know, maybe you can see Hannah again, and that's you know, that's her vulnerability, you know. And he says, to yeah, think about it. Um, so Commander Lawrence walks into Emily's room and says, so what are we going to do with you? And Emily's pretty scared. Um. Yeah, because it's went from day to night. Yeah. Like a lot of time has passed. Yeah. Uh, As she's being escorted out of the house, uh, I have the wife's name written down here, Eleanor. Eleanor screams, it was nice knowing her. (laughs) Yeah. Like, ah, here, there goes another one. So we have another scene of like, you know, a a handmaid being taken in in a car to who knows where. She doesn't know. Mm -hmm. But like she like Alexis Fladell is killing it here. She's just like silently in tears and just like shaking, super scared. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, like Bradley Whitford is jamming out to walking on broken glass. (laughs) 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 All right. So, um. Alfred, realize, Alfred sees that the uh, house across the street has caught fire, and that's when Rita storms in and says the Marthas can get her and the baby out. So Alfred packs, and then Rita tells her to go, and Martha's waiting for her, like out in the backyard. Um, Alfred looks out the window, and we just they have a quick quick contact with Nick, who just kind of like nods at her. So Nick's Nick's a part of this, and then we see Fred looking at a map. And any any close-ups I've done under this are just it looks like blue is Gilead, yellow is the colonies because there's like or or like wastelands because there's radiation symbols in the yellow. And I'm I'm, I'm wondering if red is America. I, I, I don't know. Like Texas might be America, Florida. I don't know. You know what it is. You know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll let them have Florida. Uh, <laughs> and Texas, well, Massa Texas. Um, so Fred asks Rita what's going on, and Rita's just like, I don't know. And so he runs up the stairs, calling for Alfred. Nick follows, and Fred goes into the bedroom and sees scrawled on the wall, Nolite, it's the best star days. <laughs> uh, Fred demands a search party, but Nick stops him, and he puts his hand on his gun and says, they're staying inside where it's safe. Um, so Yeah, and I was like, does Fred know that 
does Fred now know that Nick is involved in all this? Yeah, right. Or was that just Nick saying, I'm going to protect y'all. Y'all stay inside. I'll handle it. Yeah. Now, I I could definitely see a look exchange between the two of them. Like, Fred's like, That's what I thought. Like, I better, this guy has a gun and, like, I don't want to push him. Uh, Serena stops Alfred. Alfred tells her that um, Holly can't grow up here. Serena asks just to hold her so she can say goodbye. I don't know about you, but when I first watched this, I was like, no, don't, no, no, I know, no. I, was, I was. Well, especially because Jennifer Lynn was saying, you know, uh, that... Ser- you know that she hated Serena. That Serena made her mad. Yeah. That there was something that Serena did. So I kept expecting <laughs> for something terrible, like truly terrible, like even worse than before. Right. Uh, for Serena to do. Uh, so, but yeah, I was I'm expecting not sure Serena if she's just to take about what take happened her in the last ceremony or what you know. Yeah, probably so. Uh, get at us, Jen. Um, Serena cries as she prays over the baby. And then she gives the baby back. Um, I want my baby back. Um, Alfred, horrible. Alfred turns and smiles, and she says, "Blessings on you, Serena." And Alfred is led across yards, through great, through gates, from one Martha to the next. Just uh, um, and I'm, I, and I just wrote my notes here. Like I'm, you know, my first watch. I just kept waiting for one of these Marthas to betray her. Like this is this is mm-hmm. going too good, you know. Yeah. Finally, she's brought through a field to a tunnel, and she's told to wait there. And she pulls out her Hannah picture, and uh, we have a flashback of June singing to little toddler Hannah in like the most beautiful sunlit bedroom, with Luke mm-hmm. just like looking in and smiling, and they're just having a nice laugh together. And it's just like the prettiest looking scene. Um, she shows the baby the picture. She says she's going to meet her one day, and then she puts the picture in the baby's blanket. Um, a car approaches and it turns out to be Commander Lawrence and Emily. And Lawrence tells Emily, Godspeed and, um, have a nice life. He puts Emily in a truck and then drives away. Emily tells June to hurry and June hands the baby to Emily, says, call her Nicole, tell her I love her. And then she closes the door, puts her hood up and looks fiercely into the camera before walking away. Mm. Yeah, because you know it doesn't matter. She can't leave Hannah. Right. You know, it would have to be like with Luke. Luke was forced to, against his will, take him to Canada. Yeah. That's the only way uh, that she'll be. Because if she leaves, she doesn't know if she'll be able to come back and get her out. The best chance to get her out is to stay. So good. So this, I was really worried that you were going to be like, like, cause that was a lot of the big reaction. Like people were just like, Alfred, just go to Canada where you're safe and then figure out how to get No. Canada. I mean, what I, could I leave my kid here? Right. No, because it doesn't matter. You know, your child is more important than yourself. If, you know, if your child is stuck here, you might as well be stuck here too. I got to say, from my point of view, when I watched this the first time, again, just a couple months ago, <laughs> which is awesome, uh, 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 I remember being at first like, oh, no, you know, because I wanted her to get to safety. But I also was like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> like it made sense after a moment. Like, yeah, that's right. 
And that's why we had that nice, beautiful flashback of Hannah. Like, she has this, like, really sweet, like, the perfect uh, morning with her child, like, to remind her, like, yeah, she can't do it. Um, so, I have some things here for you, since we were wrapping up. Oh, really? Up. Um, uh, I do want to mention that, uh, okay, so, I read a lot of interviews from the showrunner, Bruce Miller, um, and uh, he says, uh, June's decision was not even a choice. It was a need to save Hannah. Previously this season, she tried to leave Gilead by boarding a plane, but not before spending a few moments painfully considering the daughter she was leaving behind. But after mm-hmm. seeing Hannah in person, hearing her ask why June hadn't tried harder to find her, June simply could not abandon her. Um, uh, so Miller says he was convinced that because June had rescued one daughter, she was now emboldened to try to rescue mm-hmm. the other. Yeah. So uh, that's the little explanation of the choice, which uh, I'm glad didn't turn out to be as polarizing on this podcast as I've read it to be in other places. And so many people I've read like were like, "What the hell, June? Like, come on! I, I'm just, oh, she's gonna do this again. Come on!" Um, like, how do you go <laughs> no, back to the well, Warfords after this? How do you do it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen how? to her. Yeah, after this, I don't know, but. She clearly one, stole she the baby. To... That's like a capital offense. <laughs> oh yeah. And if you, if if she goes to Canada, what's the show going to be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's the show going to be? And and also, I think a lot of people she were. Can't child. I think yeah, a lot of people were frustrated the fact that she did get away at the beginning of the season, and then at the end of the season, it's like almost like they reset, but they didn't. They're like every, so much has changed now. Like. Mm-hmm. There's no hiding it. I don't. I can't imagine the Waterfords again being like, "Yeah, so terrorists took our baby away, but we're going to keep this handmade." And uh, yeah, she's we're going to lie some baby. more. The, yeah, they can only lie so much. Yeah. They're not going to cover for anymore. All right. So I, I, as a result of these interviews that I read, I actually have teases for season three. I'm. A, what? I'm assuming that you don't want to come back and do this for season three. I probably will be watching. It, it comes out weekly. You know. <sighs> So I, I'm going to say right right up front, we're probably not going to do that because I'm, I'm assuming we could. This is what I think we should do. Whatever we're talking about. Do a weekly like whatever, check-in. <laughs> yeah, just at the end say, yeah, I watched the episode, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, just yeah, a quick yeah. little how you feel about right, it. Right, and I won't be writing recaps because it'll just be mentioning something I watched a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah. All right, so here are your teases. Uh, wait, wait, when is it? When is it coming out? April, most likely. It April. came out, came out okay. in April the last two seasons. So, and okay. uh, it does start filming this month. So, yeah, this this is all coming from interviews with the showrunner Bruce Miller. Uh, he's and this is uh, Montreal or Toronto, Tor- Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Um, Bruce Miller. Okay, says next season's mantra is "Blessed be the fight." It will be all about fighting back. Okay. Now, how many seasons are they going to do? Will this be the last season? I'll get to that. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, what's next for Alfred? Okay, she goes back to hurt Gilead as much as possible and get her daughter back. In season three, June will get Hannah back or die trying. And then he adds, you and I are both worried she's going to die. She's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's weird. Okay. Why did you even that, say it? That's, no. That I, you know, it, it's, it, oh, that's you saying that. No, 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 no. He's not saying she's not going to die. He's saying she's not worried she's going to die. <laughs> you 
You and I, oh. you and I are both worried she's going to die. She is not. <laughs> oh. Okay, gotcha. Commander Lawrence. Okay, Bradley Woodford will be back. I think we're going to learn a ton about him. You never know what he's willing to do and what he's not willing to do. And now that June has crossed paths with him, she's going to cross paths with him a lot more in season three. Uh, Aunt Lydia is alive. I don't think Aunt Lydia can die. I can't think. <laughs> I don't think there are forces in the world strong enough to kill Aunt Lydia. She's transformed no. by this event. One of her girls, mm-hmm. she has, you know, has twisted herself into thinking there's a love between her and her girls. One of her girls has literally stabbed her in the back. And that kind of, you know, alters your workplace feelings on a day-to-day basis. You don't want to turn your back on them. So I think in some ways there's lots of possible effects. But in her case, it makes her double down and that she feels she just wasn't strong enough in her discipline. So she's decided oh. it's time to get tough. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, so now. <laughs> now, now Aunt Lydia is going to be, okay. How, more t- how much more tougher? How can she be any more tougher? <laughs> okay, Nick. Don't consider him dead meat just yet. Um, the commander and Nick have a fascinating power di- dynamic. Waterford might have all the political power, but Nick is a skilled spy. I don't think it's a hammer that the commander can bring down so easily on Nick or would want to. So I'm, I'm assuming Nick's probably going to be like, listen, I know shit and I will talk. <laughs> uh, Serena. Serena will feel lost and haunted by her decision. I'm not sure whether she'd be so quick to let go of the idea of a child just because she's made the decision in the moment. Okay. So you're thinking, mm-hmm. so, so you're thinking to yourself, Emily and baby Nicole, uh, are, are off in Canada and they're safe. Um, no, their journey will indeed be followed. There's a lot of people who want the baby, including the whole country of Gilead. And if she happens to get out, so I think it's a huge puzzle piece of our world. She's the next generation that they're all doing this for. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that means parts of the opening episodes are going to be Emily and the baby trying to get to the border. Mm. Yikes. Um, Moira and Luke. Moira will become a bigger activist as shown by the last time we see her. Luke has become has been a controversial figure among Handmaid Tales fans for a while. Some wonder why he does hasn't done more already to try and save his family. And for a while, he did seem somewhat aloof. Um, Bruce Miller says Luke has been trying to take care of himself and kind of be the person who's the voice of people like him have suffered these great losses and are trying to somehow maintain hope. But I think he's done with maintaining. And has moved on to acting. Now that he's met mm-hmm. Fred face to face, that is the focus of his fury. Fred. Mm. All of a sudden, Gilead and the Gilead system has been reduced to Fred Waterford. And he's going to try to find a way to get Fred. <laughs> I like that. Mm. <laughs> uh, return to Jezebel's and the colonies. Not just these colonies, but other colonies. In the book, it's underlined that there are colonies that are where women teams of women are taking care of toxic waste in their colonies where teams of women are picking apples and working in the economy and doing all sorts of other things. I'd love to see the factory where they make the handmade costumes, but that's just me because I figure it's terrifying to see a whole wall of handmade costumes and realize each one represents a woman in June's position. And finally, Mm. he says, is season three the final season? And I'll just give you my thoughts after I watched season two, I was like, "That this is like one more season and done." That was, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I'm assuming that's what you think too. Like, next mm-hmm. season is save Hannah, get out, win. Right? Mm-hmm. This is what Bruce says. <clears throat> when I first worked on Handmaid's Tale, I roughed it out to about ten seasons. 
I see, I, I see a world beyond uh, this current one. I, I would watch an episode of the Nuremberg Trials after Gilead Falls. There are a lot of worlds you think of. I would love that season. Seasons 8, 9, 10, where everything has changed so much. He also talked about having episodes and seasons plotted out on cards on his office wall. And when he takes down one, he ends up putting up two more. Says he hopes in the end of the show we'll be able to be put in a box on a shelf next to the book and serve as a great companion piece. <laughs> I love that. No, ten seasons. <laughs> no. We can't deal with that. Uh, gosh. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch this week to week. Mm. I may have to just like save them up and watch them at the end. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I we was I, this we, last season when I watched I, I watched this live. Uh, I was on the I was Hulu like released this new episodes at midnight and I was I would stay up to midnight and watch it like late 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 late, late night and then I go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, uh, our emotions. Come on, what's his name? Bruce. Bruce Miller. Hey Bruce, our, our emotions. We, I mean, this is we're living through very trying times here. Mm. We can only take so much stress. Right. We can't take 10 years of this. I'm hoping Bruce gives us a little hope after all we've been through in The Handmaid's well, Tale and the real world. Yeah, he's probably just like, I'd love job security for 10 years. You know, yeah. it's probably wishful thinking. I but can also think of... Hulu's you know, probably like, you know, a couple, couple more. Imagine just being a person that kind of thinks about this world like every day, you know. I'm sure like they're like, every once in a while you just get this idea and you're like, oh, that's got to be good. Oh, that's got to be good. I mean, we just talked about like... Um, we just talked on our Angel podcast, Redemption Cast, how like um, like David Fury, like all of a sudden was just like, "How do we? I want to do like an evil Sesame Street." And then like three years later, like let's turn Angel into a puppet. <laughs> so it's just like that. It's just like you have ideas if you're really into the world, yeah. But yeah, we got to get some big big wins. I'm I'm hoping this this if he I'm hoping he's serious about this. Um, Show charting the downfall of Gilead too, like that would be cool. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want her to escape to Canada and have it be like. And so several months later, Gilead fell. I want to see some people getting punished. <laughs> yeah, you want to see some retribution. Yes. I want, I want, um, I want Luke to punch Fred straight in the face. Uh, yeah, we want Trump in jail. Yeah, we want. Yes. yes. Oh God. Serious sanctions on Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, you know, in the age of you know the stories we heard about, you know, Doctor Ford, like Handmaid's Tale is, you know, the ceremonies definitely get a little bit even harder to watch. You know, so it's good. To- yeah, is I I have thank the Lord that I have never had to go through. I've never been a victim of any kind of assault, but it's it's emotionally hard for me. Even a person who hasn't went through it. I can't imagine what this is like for somebody who's a victim. Yeah. uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, gosh, uh, the last ceremony episode alone is, I mean, it's triggering for me, a person who as well has not been through that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So that's it for The Handmaid's Tale for now. We did it. We did it. We got through it. It was hard. It was difficult. It was rewarding. It was very, uh, a a lot of times, very uh, um, 
a mirror of what's going on today and a warning of what could happen in the future. Yes. But we did it. We did it. <laughs> um, okay, so um, next up, we should talk about, uh, we're going to take a little break because I'm heading off to Vancouver and probably I'll stop with all the insufferable uh, Vancouver talk in the next couple weeks. Um <laughs> But uh, for now, um, we'll probably have to take a little break because I'm not podcasting while I'm on vacation. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> what are we going to watch next, Robin? We are going to watch an, uh, a new Netflix miniseries called Maniac. It was developed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga. Fukunaga, sorry. Um, the guy who is behind um, the, the first season, first season of-, of True Detective. Yeah. Um, also, he uh, just got hired to uh, direct uh, James Bond, the next James Bond movie. Oh, I did 25th. not know that. I know he was going to do it. Yep. But then he it got, got like that. taken away from. Him. He's very pretty. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. He's actually younger than me. And uh, yeah. he's very pretty. Oh, he also directed uh, *Beast of No Nation* with uh, Idris Elba. Oh. Uh, anything else? And I did some screen running. Oh, Jane Eyre, Sin Nombre. That's his other. I never saw the fat. Did you see the fast bender, Jane Eyre? You had to. Have. Yes. That's, that's yes. That's another person who's overexposed. Fast bender. Yes, Tom Hiddleston. I was in love with all these people, and saw everything they did, and now I'm sick of them. <laughs> uh, even uh, Hannibal. What's his name? No, I am not sick of. Uh, yeah, right? Dang it. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> oh my gosh. Mads. Mads Mickelson, that's right, yes. Mads. Um, okay, so uh, this show will star stars Jonah Hill, uh, a, like a smaller Jonah Hill, and uh, Emma Stone, who I believe is playing a white woman in this. Um, what? <laughs> I have a, a description. Uh, but I do want to say, um, let everybody know, um, we're probably going to be powering through this entire miniseries in one episode, like we did with 13 Reasons Why. Um, so you've been warned, if you want to watch this and get ahead of it, you've got a couple weeks notice now. Uh, me, I'm going to be coming Yeah, because it's been out through. like a week or so. Yeah. And people are already over it. Like, people have already watched it and they're done with it. Mm. Yeah. So we got to get on it. Yeah, right. Um, I do have a description here. Uh, That one's a little bit too long. I don't want to. I don't like learning too much about things before. Mm hmm. To be a surprise. Yeah. I don't care what it's about. We're going to watch it. Yeah. There was actually a smaller summary that I. Here it is. Two strangers are drawn to a mysterious pharmaceutical trial that will, they're assured, uh, with no complications or side effects whatsoever, solve all of their problems permanently. Things do not go as planned. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Uh, There are ten episodes, but uh, there are... I think they're like various lengths. Uh, there's some that are like 30 minutes. Some are like 40, 50. Um, but mm, uh, yeah. that's weird. Good luck. Um, yeah. I'll be, Netflix. I'll be powering all through rules, it. All, there are no rules. No rules. Rules are out the door. 
do what you want. And this is another. This is great because this is going to be hopefully following a trend until we watch another series uh, like Veronica Mars, where I've seen it all before, and I'm going to be taking extensive notes. Uh, but uh, this will be something I've never seen before. You've never seen before, and I will be taking like sparse notes, like just writing things I'm thinking of as I'm watching instead of recapping the entire thing. <laughs> Which is what I tried to get away from after finishing Smallville, but for some reason, it's a habit. It's just and you, such a you're, habit. You're a compulse. It's a compulsion. I do. I mean, it. I say we just freely just t- talk about things. I know. It does seem like um, Maniac though is set up where like like each episode is some sort of different trial or something. I've seen some photos where things look very different from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like it, uh, different it could be fantasy very, worlds or some sort. Yeah, a different episode every time. Yeah, so we might want to break it up that way, but I don't know. We'll we'll figure out how to do it once we watch it. Okay, we did it. All right, all right, yay, we're done. Oh my god, we've been podcasting way too long. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Uh, may the force be with you. And you. <laughs> <laughs> Go see a Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>